Our scripture reading today is from the very beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, to wait there for the promise of God. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that God has set by God's own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. The Ascension story ends with the disciples gazing up toward heaven, watching maybe for one last glimpse of Jesus as he disappears in the cloud. Of course they're standing there looking up. They've been left behind, abandoned, left behind. I can't even think of those words without hearing a Christian rock song from the 90s called I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Because many of you, and I'm truly thankful for this fact, have never heard this song, I'm going to sing it for you. That's a joke, but I do want to share some of the lyrics. A man and wife asleep in bed, she hears a noise and turns her head, he's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill, one disappears and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. The father spoke, the demons dined. How could you have been so blind? There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. Now, obviously this song is talking about the second coming, about these ideas about rapture, but I keep thinking of it with this ascension story because the disciples are left behind and not for the first time. Jesus died and left them behind only to come back and then leave again, only to come back and leave again. He did come back with words like, peace be with you, and he did make that nice fish breakfast, but he just keeps leaving the disciples behind. 
One time, as a preteen, I arrived home from school to an empty house. This was not strange. In fact, I often arrived home to an empty house. I was a latchkey kid, like many in my generation. But on this particular day, the front door was already unlocked, and that was extremely strange. The dishwasher was also standing open, with the dishwasher racks pulled out. There was a car in the driveway, but no one was in it. I remember running through the rooms looking for someone, anyone. I remember thinking, my God, all this stuff about the rapture was true and I got left behind. I know you'll be shocked and that's not what actually happened. My stepmother came home early and was in the middle of unloading the dishwasher when a neighbor knocked on the door needing something and so off Susan went to the neighbor's house. Now, I happen to know that I am not the only kid to fear that the rapture happened and that we'd been left. Trust me, this sort of thing comes up in the youth camps I attended. The fear of abandonment is very real. I'm sure we've all had an experience where, they, where we thought we'd been left. Maybe we even were left. I was left more than once at daycare when my dad came to pick up my baby brother and forgot about me. Again, not the rapture. I wonder though, with this ascension story, are they truly left behind? The disciples, are they truly abandoned? What if instead of being left behind, what if this final leave-taking of Jesus frees the Jesus of history? to become the Christ of faith. The Christ of faith is not constrained by time or space or gravity, not by skin or bone or blood. The Christ of faith cannot be locked behind doors or bad theology. Christ is present to and among each one of us. As Teresa of Avila wrote, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. The Ascension story is a story of leaving, but it's also a story of a new way of staying. And this new way of staying means that Christ is wherever we are, wherever love and compassion and justice are needed. Really, while Jesus was alive, it seems he was preparing his disciples for this very moment. I mean, he never seemed to be where anyone thought he should be, even when he was in his own body. The one story in the Bible that we have about Jesus' childhood takes place when he was around 12. He was visiting the temple in Jerusalem with his parents, and then, before you know it, they turned around and he was gone. He slipped through their fingers, and they had to go and search for him. They looked where you'd expect a 12-year-old to be, 
playing with other kids, buying himself a Coke and some hamantaschen, walking through the shopping bazaar. He was in none of those places they looked, none of the places they expected. When they finally found him, he was sitting and talking with the theologians and teachers at the temple. Later in his ministry, his disciples were always losing track of him. Instead of being in the temple where you'd expect rabbis and religious leaders to be, he might be out in the desert praying, or on a hillside teaching, or hanging out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and other sinners on the wrong side of town. Instead of going the socially acceptable way from Galilee to Jerusalem, he cut directly through Samaria, crossing into unexpected territory for a Jewish man. There he sat with a Samaritan woman and talked for hours about theology, challenging prejudices of race and gender and faith, resisting artificial boundaries. Jesus embodied a love that didn't know lines in the sand, didn't know dogma and rules, couldn't be contained by old hatreds and hostilities. Jesus wouldn't stay on the cross either. They tried to keep him in place, but he just wouldn't be confined. Not even the grave could keep him where he was expected. And so we've been prepared for this ascension story. Once again, Jesus is not where we're expecting. Why are you looking up toward heaven? You won't find Jesus there. In John 14, we read, You know God because God abides with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. You will know that I am in God, and you are in me, and I am in you. And in Matthew 18:22 we read, Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Christ is no longer constricted by time and space. He's alive in each one of us, alive in our love. Astronaut James Irwin was the lunar modular lunar module pilot on Apollo 15. He was the eighth person to walk on the moon. He tells a story of when his feet touched the moon's surface, of praying for the first time. He said that at that moment, he looked up to the earth with all its beauty, and he thought of his wife somewhere on the earth, He thought he must return and put right an argument he'd had with her. He thought of all the wars and hunger on our beautiful planet. And then he said, What is more important than man walking on the moon is that God should walk on the earth. God does walk on the earth. Christ has no body now but ours there's no need to keep looking up toward heaven my friends 
Let's look instead at our own feet, our own hands. Let's look at each other. We are not abandoned. We are empowered. We are embodied. We are emboldened. Before his ascension, Jesus tells the disciples that they will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. Witnesses of his love and compassion and justice. Witnesses of his passion for the realm of God's justice here on earth. Christ has no body now, but ours.